The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. John chapter 10, there verses 1 and 2, then I'll read 7 through 10. Uh, we preach here the gospel out of the Bible. We believe the old King James Bible, now been blessed over 400 years, but God is still the best text. It comes from the received text, which is received by the church, uh, all 18 centuries worth of, of documentation. And I stand on it. I'm betting my life on it. And I'm putting my weight on it. I believe it's good. And verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And go into verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. And I want you to know, not a door. He's the door of the sheep. And notice his language. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Father, now come and sanctify this moment in time, and for these few minutes, break through the resistances, the darknesses, the ignorances, the preconceived ideas, the bias, and everything else that may resist the Holy Spirit. Father, break through. In Jesus' name, amen. The fact that there is a door, and Jesus said he is the, the door, implies there must be a wall. There must be a wall. A door is for passage in and out of a restricted area. A wall is put there to keep out as well as to keep in. When a man when man sinned, he was thrown out of God's presence. It was forcibly done. The Bible says God set cherubim at the entrance of the of the knowledge of tree of good and evil and tree of life. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, it says, So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword. It indicates there's a flaming sword. Possibly either each one of them had a flaming sword or maybe one flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way to the tree of life, to keep us as fallen, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, as fallen creatures now, out of the blessedness of eternal life. No one was getting by the cherubim. No one. Man had become, since the fall and the decision he made, 
of eating the fruit that God had so clearly said, the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. They did not understand what death was. They'd never seen death, never smelled death, never witnessed death. They did not know what death, they didn't know what God was talking about. But what they learned and what we have learned that death is multifaceted in many levels. Death, do, get this out of your mind. Death is not a cessation of consciousness. That's one thing it is not. I stand confident today after 45 plus years of studying the Bible and living that death is not a cessation of consciousness. It is just a door, a door. Man had become, since that fall, self-centered and independent of God. He was dangerous to all that is called good. He, if, if man was let go, he would have poisoned everything God had made and touched. I want you to take your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 26. I'm not going to have you turn a lot. And if you're not good at turning the Bible, you may just want to listen. Isaiah 26.10, what a verse. What a verse. What an insightful verse. It says, let favor be showed to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. What the verse is basically saying is, give all the grace you want to the wicked, and he's still not going to accept it. And if you allowed some way by your misplaced benevolence, you allowed man to go to heaven, unregenerated by the blessed Holy Spirit, and cleansed by the blood of Christ, if somehow you let him go there, he would destroy heaven. He would deal unjustly in the land of uprightness. Some people have told me, if I had a better circumstances, I'd do better. That's a lie. You don't need better circumstances. You need Jesus. You need to be born from above. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2 and four, through 4 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath murmured perverseness. And there's not one person in this room who would say that hasn't happened. If you've hated somebody, Jesus said, you've as good as murdered them. If you looked on a woman and lusted after them, Jesus said, you've committed adultery already in your heart. There's probably not a person in this room who hadn't broken all ten commandments over and over again. None calleth for justice, verse 4 there of Isaiah 59, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity. They speak lies. They, just, they conceive mischief. They bring forth iniquity. Some have told me, naively, well, I've always been a Christian preacher. How many have heard that statement? Many of you. I've always been a Christian preacher. When the truth really is, they've always been a sinner, separated from the grace of God. Now, if you want to say something biblically true, you can say, I've always been a sinner until I came to Jesus and by, by his grace and through faith, trusting in him alone for my salvation. Because I, you don't have to teach a three-year-old to lie. You don't have to teach a three-year-old to hate. You don't have to teach a three-year-old to tell what mom and dad's doing at home. 
See, if I want to know about what you're up to at home, I just go to your small children and say, oh, what's mom and dad been doing lately? Oh, my daddy drugged mom through the, through the house by her hair. She locked herself in the bathroom. He kicked the door in. And they come to church looking like this. We've always been born on the other side of the cherubim. I've been born on the other side of the cherubim, not the good side either. Deep in the heart of man is a desire to get back to God. There's a void that God in his mercy puts in in the heart of every man, woman, and everyone that ever takes a breath, a hole in their heart that is what they have been verbalized as heart as God-shaped and can only be filled by God. Oh, men try all kinds of things to fill that void. Men and whole nations spend their lives in pursuing the door back to the garden, the way back. The mighty pyramids of Egypt attest to the effort placed by a whole nation. The mighty pyramids uh, in Peru, over thousands and thousands of temples in Peru testify to that. The countless churches and the holy places and the religious shrines worldwide cry to men's desire to find the door back to God. The heart of man is seeking a way back to God. The problem is, and the trouble is, oftentimes it's not God's way back. It's not God's door. They seek to climb up another way. What is that? That's anything beside the way. It's anything beside the door. It's any way beside the life. It's any way beside the truth. And Jesus didn't mince any words around it. He said, all those who come another way are nothing but thieves and robbers. And their intention ultimately is to kill, to destroy. I like it. I love Jesus and the way he spoke because he didn't run around the bush. He didn't try to cushion it. He just wanted to tell you the truth. Brother, I want the truth. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Even if it hurts my feelings, I want the truth. Man tried to create their own God made in their own image. They tried to create their, their kind of worship and their kind of God and their kind of living, their kind of standards. But it wasn't real to the word of God. They're seeking to climb up another way. They're imposters. They're deceivers. They're claiming liberty all the time, slaves to their own sin. The door, folks, is not religion. It's a person. Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Let me say a few things about the door, and then we'll go home. Number one, Jesus is the only door. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 and 20 says it this way, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, the holiest, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, that's the door, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. We born-again believers who by grace through faith have trusted in Jesus alone for our salvation and what he did for us on the cross and are in no way wise and 
no, no measure trusting in our good works or our good personalities or our good anything, but we're trusting in the goodness that Jesus had and, and when he died in our place and we placed by childlike faith our faith in him and he births us into his family. We get to go into the holiest. The holiest. Through the veil. Illustrated so well, of course, by the temple where a priest could only enter once a year and that not without blood. Jesus said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. I ask you this morning, have you entered in by not a door? See, I ask people, are you saved? And they say, well, I'm, of course I'm saved. I'm, I've been Roman Catholic since I've been a child. I was baptized as an infant. I've taken communion. I've taken, uh, I've confessed my sins. Or, or they may be, maybe they're Methodists. And they said, I've been a Methodist my whole life. I've gone to the Methodist church, been faithful, been tithing, a tenth of my income. Of course I'm saved. Or they may be Presbyterian and say, I've gone to Presbyterian church and I'm a covenant theologist. Of course I'm saved. Or there may be some other denomination or some other group or some other religion. And you know the very state, the very idea of truth is there only can be one truth, but there can be many lies. Are you trusting in the door? The door? Because there's only one door. There's only one way back to the garden. And that's through Jesus Christ. Unless you agree with God about your hopeless, sinful condition and fall upon Jesus by faith for his provision, you're somehow trying to enter the sheepfold by another way. 95 plus percent of all religion out there is trying to climb up the wall another way. And I'm not saying that in any kind of egotism that, oh, I feel independent, fundamental, that's the only one's going to happen. I'm not saying that. No way. We come by grace or we come humbly before him. We say the gospel is the gospel. The truth is the truth. And somehow we found the truth by the grace of God and said yes to Jesus. And we've been now born by the spirit of God and his spirit testifies with our spirit that we're his. We've come in through the door. and. We've got abundant life. Life right now. Right now is abundant. They seek somehow, those who try to climb up another way, they seek self-effort, good works. Jesus said they're thieves and robbers. You know, people sometimes say we fundamental Baptists are a little tough. Man, we're not nearly as tough as Jesus is. You evidently not read Matthew 23 for a while. I'll tell you what, Jesus said it like it is, and praise the Lord, I like that. If you'll enter in at the door, then the door, this, if you'll enter in at the door, you will find the truth. If somehow there's more than one door to back to the garden or back to God, then there was not, it was not necessary for Jesus Christ to come and die because if there's more than one door, then why would, would God send his only son? It takes the significance of the thing away, doesn't it? In other words, if, there's multi, if the Islamics are going to heaven and as if the Buddhists are going to heaven and as if these other religions are going to heaven that violate the word of God and they try to go up some other way and they make it another way, if that's true and they can do that, if it's true that many roads lead to heaven, and God the Father sacrificed his son needlessly. What kind 
of a God is that? The fact that it is the door, the door, the only door, talks of God's situation that there would be no way back to him except his son gave himself, and he did. He is the only way, the truth and the life. We see that he's the, he, the door is a person, that's Jesus Christ. The secondly, the door is an open door. Jesus is an open door for all the failed and failures. And everybody said, you know, the Jews, they saw themselves as a chosen people. And, they, and indeed they were special, chosen, peculiar. But mistakenly, when they got saved, they thought they were the only ones that were going to get it. And when Jesus finally came and gave himself, they kind of thought they were the ones. They struggled with the fact that the Gentiles were going to be saved. How many, how many here are Gentiles this morning? Raise your hand. Well, it should probably be the old crowd. There may be a, a couple Jew, Jewish-born folks here, but not, usually not many. Are you not glad that Jesus allowed the Gentiles to be brought in the plan of salvation? My forefathers were a bunch of idol-worshiping, star-worshiping, but they were not monkeys. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. What was that? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Glory to God. There is only one door, and that is Jesus Christ, a person. He is the only door. There's the, the Jews don't have a door, and then the Gentiles have another door. We have one door, Jesus Christ. I like that. Also, the door into the sheepfold is a low door. It's a low door for the humble. You must bow your head to get into the sheepfold. John 19, 30. I thought it was interesting when it said, when Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Bowing of the head is an act of humility worldwide. Some cultures, when they greet each other, greet each other by bowing. Only the humble will be able to enter in at the door because it's a low door. You must bend over and bow to get in. Pride will keep you from agreeing with God on who you really are, and it will bar you from going in the door. It will encourage you to go one of those other doors that are, that are easier, that you don't have to bow down, you don't have to humble yourself to, you don't have to confess you're a sinner unable to save yourself. You can just take a little water, take a little sprinkle, or take a little wafer, and as long as you give a little bit of money, you're going to go, all right, you're with us, and we're all going. If you go some other way that they are those thieves and robbers that go, because your pride will do that. It'll encourage you to go that way. But when you come to Jesus, you must bow before him. You must admit that wrong is not just a mistake, not just an unfortunate slip, not just an error, but wrong is vile, wicked, sinful, selfish, anti-God, anti-life, and anti-good. 
When, I, when you come before the, 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 the door of the sheepfold, you don't come there beating your chest and touting your good works. Brother, you come there lowly. You come there, God be merciful to me, a sinner. That old boy that Jesus saw in the temple that day, the Bible says he wouldn't even so much as lift his head up towards heaven. He knew he was sinful before God passed even description. And when he went in the temple, the conviction of the Holy Spirit was so great upon him, he just bowed his head and beat his chest. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, that man went to his house justified. Why? Because he came in the right door. The door also is a narrow door. It's too narrow for two people to stand side by side. You must enter in alone. You must rely. You must rely on. Uh, you can, I, I must. I say you cannot rely on someone to go with you through the door. A lot of times, now I never have understood this. Why girls must go to the bathroom in twos? As a male, I've always been curious a little bit. Never had enough courage to actually ask. But I know we men, we are able to go to the bathroom by ourselves. But for some reason, girls got to go two by two. I don't know. And they hold hands a lot. And that always has bothered me. But you come into the door that leads to the sheepfold. You don't come in with your parents. You don't come in with your grandparents. I had a grandparent. He is a godly man. That's not going to help you. I had a grandma, she loved Jesus. That's not going to help you. I had a mom and dad love Jesus. That's not going to help you. You've got to go through the door alone. Why? It's a narrow door. You must come to God alone. It's so narrow, you can't even bring any good works with you. You come naked before God. And say, I'm, un I'm a sinner unworthy to be saved. I do not merit it. I do not deserve it. I cannot earn it. It, Jesus must be you. He said, that's right. Come in, my son. Come in. <laughs> you need to face your sinful condition. Face your iniquities. Face your failures. Face, oh, oh, it's going to be, dis because it's, it's a narrow way, it's, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. People come to me and say, I go to church. I go to your church. I just don't feel comfortable sometimes. I think, praise the Lord. We're not talking temperature either, let me tell you. I've had people come to me and said, you must have been with me all week. I said, no, I was not, but God was. Oh, you knew what I've been doing, but God knew. I've had people literally with a, with a conviction say, how come out after the service? Say, how did you know? Who told you? Your three-year-old. <laughs> when you come through that narrow door, I hate to tell you this, young people, but you got to leave your Facebook friends. You got to leave your Twitter friends. You've got to leave your iPhone. You got to leave Candygram. You got to leave social media. You got to leave your peers. You got to leave your generation. You got to leave your culture. 
You must be willing to be strange, to be odd, to be different, to be broken before this narrow door. Self-improvement will not get you in. Longer devotions will not get you in. More money given to the church will not get you in. More prayer time will not get you in. More uh, New Year's resolution will not get you in. It is too narrow of a door to get in, except just with you, just you. You come empty. I like the phrase that says, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. Are you on the other side of the cherubim? Are you on the other side of the flaming sword? And do you have a desire in your heart to get back to where you once were? God's put it in there. You can try to ignore it, but you can't get away from it. You can try to dope it out, but you can't dope it out. You can try to drink it away, but you can't drink it away because when you get sober, it's back. You can try to to pleasure it away with a thousand different pleasures, but as soon as you have a quiet time, it's back. I think of these movie stars sometimes when they die and my heart is broken that they've invested in the wrong place. I think of people that have spent their whole lives trying to gain the world and they lose their soul. My heart breaks for Because when they stand before Jesus, he's going to tell them what? You know what he's going to say. You're a thief and a robber. You denied who I was and what I did and substituted substituted it with a lie. The Bible says that your name will be searched for in a book called the book of life. Does his name appear? No, his name does not appear. And the Bible says, all whose name are not found written in the book of life were cast into a place called the lake of fire. Now look, I'm not making it up. Go look at it yourself, Revelation chapter 20, 14, 15. Look at it yourself, Revelation chapter 14, verse 10. Look at it yourself, Revelation chapter 22. Look at it yourself, Matthew chapter 25. Jesus spoke more about this place called the lake of fire, a place called hell, than he spoke about heaven. Why? Because he didn't want you to go there. And nobody in his right mind would want to go there. There'll be no party there. There'll be no, there'll be, as far as I can tell, there'll be no light there. You'll not be able to see anybody else. You'll not be able to talk to anybody. The most absolute loneliness that loneliness could be possibly defined seems to be a place called the lake of fire, a place called hell. Nobody wants to go there. But if your name's not found in the Lamb's book of life, you, according to the word of God, according to Jesus, you will go there. Now look, you've heard enough gospel this morning to be saved. The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. Now, folks, imagine the Father giving his only begotten Son for your sins. And all what that must have been for him and turning his back upon the Son, even to where Jesus on the cross cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When he became sin for our sin was laid upon him and he became our sin. So try to get in some other way. What an insult it will be to a holy God that gave his only begotten son. You don't have to face that because he's here and it's at this moment, you can trust Christ as your personal Savior. Now, you're going to have to go through that open door, go through that narrow door, go through that door. You're going to have to go through Jesus Christ. It'll have to be him. And by the way, it's going to have to be on his terms, his way. You say, well, I'd get saved, but I want, but, but I want to, I want to. Well, as soon as you start adding anything to that, you've lost it. You got to go to Jesus and say, I give it all, everything. Nothing in my hand I bring. Nothing. I want him. You've been wrestling with this? Mom and dad have been praying for you. Grandma and grandpa have been praying for you. Oh, that's good that you got saved parents and saved grandparents, same family, but those people will not be able to walk through that gate, that door. Only you'll be able to go. Why don't you trust Christ today? Why don't you make this the day you say yes to Jesus? I believe you are the door of the sheep, and I want to be one of those. Father, we pray this morning that the Spirit of God would come. We pray the power of God may explain this where I could not have. We pray that there would be some in this, this body of believers or maybe through the Internet that would say yes to Jesus. I repent of my sins. The Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, that not to be repented of. The sorrow of the world worketh death. When God brings sorrow, it brings sorrow to bring you to a place of turning away from the world to him. Would you say yes to Jesus today? I have. I don't do this often, but I'm asked for every head to be bowed, nobody looking around. And if you just, you and me, say, Brother Bill, God's touched me today. I want to trust Christ as my Savior. I have been wrestling with this thing and wrestling with this thing, and I'm willing to, to turn to Christ with my whole heart, and I I would, would you could pray for me, and I'd like to pray for you this morning. Would you raise your hand let me pray for you anywhere? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I'd like to, I'd like to trust Christ, my Savior. Please pray for me, brother. I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I mean, I'm serious as a heart attack. Anybody else? Father, thank you for those who raised their hand. We pray that they'd follow through by your grace for so we can help them, give them counsel, and show them the way further. We pray that Christians here today who may have taken casually that door that they once walked through, that they would become serious-minded about the things of God, that they would seek your face and you'd help them. Maybe they don't have an abundant life because once they got in, they started going their, wanting to go their own way again. And Father, you help them see it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing two verses just as I am.